That's Swagzilla, Zero G. It's me, it's me, it's the old SFD. Week 11, SOPs, some super flex standard operating procedures. Going into week 11, man, we're getting close to the playoffs. We're getting, and it, it kind of shows Swags, because at this point, like, we don't have a whole lot of names to even talk about on, uh, uh, on uh, you know, for our, for our ads, for our, uh, our next week, this week. Uh, there's just kind of not a lot anymore. Like it's getting picked pretty clean. Like we know pretty well, you know, which, which players are the kind of the, the long-term stashes, which players are the going to help you win right now if you're contending. And uh, I mean, we're, we're kind of starting to get that figured out a little bit as in terms of our fantasy teams as well. You know, we're kind of starting to get an idea of who's who's going to be there at the end and who's going to just drop off and start getting ready for next year. Yeah, and and who could be that next guy up? I think one of the worst things about doing podcasts and talking about fantasy football is the constant reminder of how quick the season is actually going. Yeah, yeah. And, and man, like... I'm looking at this, like our sheet for today, and I'm I'm seeing our names and stuff. And I wanted to remind people that you might not agree with some of the names that John and I talk about. John might not agree with me. I might not agree with him. But there's also like a strategy behind the movement of the parts that if you strip the names away, which John, I know you've mentioned before, if you strip the names away, and you put a name there that maybe a guy you want to buy, maybe a guy you want to sell, somebody you're fading, holding, like there's still like a strategic avenue to how we're handling these particular names that you could take that and put it on the names you want to go get or you want to get rid of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, But, man, names... we've had some hits here too. Like, And you hear like even some of the players I, I have on here um, – trying to look ahead a little bit on my uh buys holds fades etc my next week's this week's like um man i'll just i'll just say a next week this week a little bit of a spoiler alert but this is somebody that john started talking about early on he's been brought up on the show a couple of times i think juan johnson tight end but he just kind of continues to show up in the stat sheets getting the targets and I think that you can still get him for free no matter how much we talk about him and that's why like I put him on next week this week but John nailed this weeks ago it feels like a month ago or more now but (laughs) and since then Juwan Johnson like he's been pretty like decent and he still has a couple of those bad weeks like any tight end as we mentioned but I don't know if you've been listening like this show has probably helped you Mm -hmm. I'm guessing if you're making these kind of moves and not just listening for entertainment because I know we're freaking off the charts entertaining but man (laughs) John mentioned Juwan Johnson like weeks ago and even when he mentioned I was kind of like man like I get it but man really but dude it's been like pretty solid with like those still like inconsistent weeks that I think any tight end has yeah Andy Dalton loves him so it, we'll see how Jameis Winston feels about him. For But for the moment, 
you know, and you don't have a fully healthy receiving group. They're getting closer, but without Michael Thomas, especially without the big body guy, you got Chris Olave, you've got Jarvis Landry. Those are not big, you know, the, the guys that you're looking for to kind of post up just beyond the sticks or down or in the red zone necessarily, yeah. you know, like those are guys who can, who can score for you and they can move the chains. But when you're just looking for somebody to get, you know, to get position on, uh, on a defensive back, Juwan Johnson is the guy that he is, is kind of the safe, uh, the safe big target for them without Michael Thomas there. So, yeah. And he's pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Yep. Still for some reason, still. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it kind of to that point, one thing that I've been meaning to point out as far as the analysis goes, hashtag Swarkly. I still, I like that has still been a, a, overall a good combination like the nice thing with swift is you know even though he's it's it's been a little rough lately but like the when he's on the field when he's healthy you know he's going to be on the field he get he still has a floor like he's getting in the end zone even with limited volume you know we don't want to chase that we don't want to count on that but you're still getting that but like the the bigger point is like you said it's not necessarily a names thing we were just kind of looking at profiles and Barkley and Swift felt like you know the two of the guys with the best chance to get to running back one overall be that unfair advantage um you know just based on what we know historically and so it's kind of like grab them both because w- at least one of these guys is going to hit to that extent and that's what we're getting right now it's it's Barkley but you know, Swift had just as much of a chance. He's just spent more time, first of all, injured. And second, you know, now that he's it, like, I mean, he's still not healthy, right? He's still kind of doesn't his, seem right. Right. Yeah. Which. So, I mean, I think it's too early to give up on Swift. But Agreed, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the main point of the analysis all along was get both of these guys with the idea that one of them is going to hit. Um, and you know, whatever you get from the other one is kind of bonus. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we're getting right now. Like Saquon Barkley is running back three behind, uh, Eckler and McCaffrey. But I would say that he's got more upside going forward. Certainly has an easier schedule. And, uh, now all of a sudden (laughs) one guy that we probably should figure out a way to talk about. Actually, I, I need to make sure that you didn't put him anywhere on the sheet here I, I don't see him as elijah mitchell uh it, that's it, he's gonna make things interesting in yeah. san francisco now apparently and i'm not totally sure what to do with him to be honest i'm not sure what to do with either of those guys i mean christian mccaffrey running back two overall on the season right now but just gave up a massive amount of the workload to elijah mitchell particularly on early downs and goal line yeah. so That's a tough one, man. And they have so many weapons there that they could do that any given week. They could just change the game plan up and they could go, they could all of a sudden go out and utilize Debo and Ayuk again. Yeah. (laughs) That is a tough one, man. Another thing, though, I want to regress really quick to Barkley. 
we don't have to stay there, but it's easy to talk about Barkley like this two and a half, three months into the season where we are today. But people had given up on Barkley. We're enjoying this and like good for him and good for people like enjoying it with us. But people had really kind of given up on Barkley. So it's easy to just be like, hell yeah, it's Barkley. That's low hanging fruit. But it didn't seem that way before the season started. People were really kind of just putting him to the side like he was done. And um, I know Hogue's been there the whole way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it. Man, he was like a third, fourth rounder, something mm-hmm. like that, going into the season, which was crazy to me. Um but yeah, again, it's being drafted as an RB two. Yeah, and and we're gonna start this process all over in the off season. We're gonna, but we're gonna look at it from the you know from the exact same point of view through the exact same lens. And I'll be honest with you, I'm probably gonna stay with DeAndre Swift. I'm probably gonna stick with him because he's still going to be. He's gonna go into the the season as of now anyways he's going to go into 2023 without a major injury there's some minor injury history but nothing major and he's still going to be you know he's going to go into the season as one of the you know one of the handful of running backs who hasn't been in the league five six you know seven years still under 20 you know, 24 years old or whatever, 25 years old, whatever, kind of whatever you want to call the cliff, whether it's age, whether it's usage, he's not going to be there. I just, I have a feeling that he's going to be one of the guys that we're still looking at is having that type of upside. So, yep. you know, so if you're in a dynasty league and, you know, you're kind of struggling right now because of, because of Swift, first of all, I think that there are better days ahead this year. But, you know, the the farther he gets away from that RB1 overall finish this season, the more likely he is to do it next season. That, so like, is the move to try to buy him now before those games that you imagine he'll have that are better? Because I agree with you. I think yeah. something's gonna, he's going to have a good game soon, and people will turn right back around, and they'll fall back in love swiftly. Yeah. I would I would buy. And it looks like actually you already had him as a buy. So I guess we got that one out of the way. If you had a, any other analysis. I, I just on it, think but... there's enough like people that are concerned. And I think you should be concerned. I think this is definitely worth monitoring. But yeah. I think he's the most talented running back on the team, even if that is because of the pass catching skills. Jamal Williams has completely overachieved my expectations. And um I think he deserves to be mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. He He's very cheap still, but I think DeAndre Swift's the man. And I think that he's getting healthy. One thing that concerned me a little bit, and I don't know if you saw this, but was, uh, I forget who said it um, from the coaching staff, but they were, it was in reference to DeAndre Swift getting a little upset that he wasn't getting more work. And the, the man, I wish I knew who it was. I don't even know like which coach like if was running back coach or but they they asked was he really mad do you think he was mad I don't know if he was mad that was the coach kind of and who's around him all the time but he said but if he was mad I would say to use that energy on the field and yeah. that part 
makes me feel like he's healthy. Really? Yeah. Just because he's not saying, well, he's hobbled, you know, this and that. Like, that part makes me feel like if you're if you're ready, use that energy on the field because we believe in you, too. They're not saying, like, well, let's slow down. He's still a little hobbled. They're saying use that energy on the field, which yeah. maybe we'll see in the near future here. Yeah. Yeah, and that's definitely fair. I mean, I think that a lot of times coaches kind of take the mentality of if you're healthy enough to play, you're healthy enough to play at a hundred percent. And yep. that, you know, it, it it's rarely the case. <laughs> like yeah. by week 11, nobody's a hundred percent. Like they're, they're healthy enough to play, but yeah, nobody's at a hundred percent anymore. Everybody's feeling something. So yep. he, he, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be fully healthy to be on the field, you know? So I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say, but yeah, either way, like we want to see Swift get as close to healthy as he's going to get for the remainder of the season and see what that looks like. Yeah. But either way, like I said, I, I, I think that, uh, I think that there are better days ahead. First of all, I think there's more volume available to him going forward. And, like I say, even if there isn't, even if this doesn't end well in 2022, all that means is he's in line for a better 2023. So, yep. so like either way, in a, in I dynasty, think the team will he's continue to get better too. Yeah, to your point of 2023. Yep, yep. I mean, they're kind of headed for an earlier pick. That's probably going to be a quarterback. I hate to say it because I've felt like Jared Goff has been you know, one of the, among the top half of the league in starting quarterbacks for, I mean, basically his entire career, but um, yeah, I mean, just kind of the, the talent coming in um, plus just the fact that they're not winning games with Jared Goff. Sometimes it's, sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. And it just, you know, eventually they're going to say, Uh, you know, and this is going to be the time to do it. Like the, the talent coming in is just going to be too good for them to pass on it, on a quarterback this year, I think. So, yeah. Um, But, you know, and that only helps Deandre Swift even more. So, (laughs) you know, uh, you're going to, you're going to rely on the running game. You're going to see a lot more check downs to Swift. There's like, it doesn't matter what, how, you know, how we want to drive the narrative, no matter what it comes back to DeAndre Swift's arrows pointing up. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm with you, dude. Yeah. So we got one of your buys out of the way, but we can, uh, let's, let's, uh, start with our, uh, we'll go back to the beginning of our SOPs and go in order for the rest of it. But so just to just make sure they're rostered. Um, players that may have been dropped at some point uh, just because of uh, a lack of production um, and all of a sudden uh, that production is has kind of returned. So um, one at each position. So we've got Matt Ryan uh, takes over as quarterback in uh, Indianapolis. And not only that, with Jeff Saturday as a head coach, no head coaching experience beyond high school. And, you know, it, like it just leads me to believe that this is going to be instead of Frank Reich's offense, 
this is going to be Matt Ryan's offense. <laughs> this is going to be what Matt Ryan, whatever Matt Ryan wants it to be. And if Matt Ryan wants to get out and scramble and, and run for, you know, 30 yards or whatever, he's going to do exactly that apparently. So like, I, I just, I, I, I just have a feeling that we're going to see a lot more um, play calling that favors the abilities of Matt Ryan going forward. So as bad as he's been, you know, th- for most of the season that led to him getting benched by in favor of Sam Ellinger. I, I, I'm shocked at how excited I am about Matt Ryan for the rest of the season. I did yeah. not see that coming. You, you, I can tell you're excited. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's just so little upside right now. I like, it, I was just talking with someone in DMS before we even started recording about this who in you know just sick to death of russell wilson trying to figure out a move to um to upgrade that second quarterback and and i was saying you know rather than trade away russell wilson plus to get a quarterback who's still kind of limited on their floor and you know might have more upside than russ but probably has about the same floor just go get Matt Ryan off of waivers. Yeah. He got, he got dropped. Go pick him up. You don't even have to spend that much. And there's your quarterback upgrade. So if Matt Ryan's out there, I would, I would make sure that he's rostered. Make sure Isaiah Pacheco is rostered. He have, he completely took over that backfield this week. Jarek McKinnon involved in the passing game. Clyde Edwards, Alaire is not a factor. Um, Christian Watson, Watson, make sure he's rostered. Uh, he, I think that he belongs on rosters, but we're going to talk a little bit more about the downside of what he did a little bit later. And at Cole Komet, 45 fantasy points over the last two weeks. Uh, it, it's, it's time to make sure that he's rostered. There's also reason to believe that that, uh, that, that Bears offense um, is going to be able to continue what it's been doing particularly him and justin fields but we'll get to that a little bit later as well but for the moment make sure those guys are rostered uh they're heavily rostered but just uh just in case in your shallower leagues in your redraft leagues those guys might have been dropped um go scoop them up uh, i those would be the top priorities for me this week as far as players you can add, we only have one at quarterback, and it's really just kind of like a guy who, in a lot of di- a lot of super flex leagues, particularly dynasty, already rostered. Yeah, but um, it's time to buy in on Taylor Hineke. Like I don't know that Carson Wentz gets that job when uh, when he comes back. Uh, I you you beat the number one team in the league hand hand the Eagles their first loss of the season that tends to grant you some job security. (laughs) So uh, we've been talking about Sam Howell and how much we want to see him get on the field. And I just think that Taylor Hineke probably just, just wrapped this up. At least uh, for the season, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think uh, 2023 is going to be a completely different animal, but Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the rest of the year, uh, Taylor Hineke is going to be a starter for you, most likely. 
Um, running backs, Jarek McKinnon, uh, like I said, t- kind of took over the passing role from uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire in Kansas City. Jalen Warren, um, just uh, we've been talking about him for weeks, and his workload has just been growing and growing as well. And now you know, Najee Harris actually has a good enough game that you could potentially sell high on him. Um, I don't totally believe in those windows, uh, the way we talk about them, but, uh, I, you know, if, if the opportunity is there to sell Najee Harris, you know, after a game like that, I think you do it. But Jalen Warren is still for all intents and purposes. Jalen Warren is the lead back in Pittsburgh right now. So, uh, and then Kyron Williams makes his debut for the Rams, but uh, touched the ball, I believe, four times, something like that. He it, it very it didn't get on the field very much at all, um, but still, he actually still outsnapped Cam Akers, <laughs> even though he was on a snap count, even though they're trying to, you know, slowly ease him in. He still outworks Cam Akers. Yeah, they um, hate Akers there. Yeah, uh, yeah, Akers is just kind of done. So, um, I but I kind of think that the Kyron Williams, you know, starting job is coming sooner rather than later. Like it's almost like a Brian Robinson type of thing where you kind of kind of easing him in, but eventually he just takes this thing over. You know. He's not the biggest running back either, though. Like, I have, uh-huh. I have some size issues, and that would be my, the one thing that makes me wonder, like, what kind of load he gets to. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's. But definitely a good ad. I, I don't hate it. Yeah. But... And there's just... Now you've got Cooper Cup on IR. Like, there's just nothing else for yeah. the Rams to do offensively. So this is kind of their chance to move the football. So... uh. Yeah, that's so that's too a bad, that's man, a the Cooper Cup injury. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Um, wide receivers, we got Nico Collins yeah. and Kadarius Tony. I know you hate that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nico I Collins. It. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So Nico Collins, uh, the uh, the lead, uh, the the top target for Davis Mills. Um, this past week coming back from an injury and um, there's more analysis on that to come as well. But Kadarius Tony uh, gets in the end zone that, that uh, there's that highlight of him adjusting his gloves before he goes up and mosses somebody, um, <laughs> which is not something you expect from a guy Kadarius Tony's size anyways, but like to start off by just like, gloving up and getting ready to go up and get it um but we're not chasing one play the big the the bigger issue here is juju smith schuster suffering that concussion could be a multi-week thing um it's just a little hard to say but i think as long as juju's out Kadarius tony probably wide receiver one for pat mahomes so that's not nothing you know, um, tight ends, Foster Moreau and Trey McBride, Foster Moreau with Darren Waller on IR. I mean, that, that offense is just bad, but Foster Moreau seems to be the number two target behind 
Devontae Adams. Yeah, man. And the the offense might be bad to your point, but mm-hmm. it's an offense that Moreau has been in his entire career. True. And that he knows and that he's been groomed to. This is what you want tight ends to kind of do. We always wait for him and it's it's kind of his time now for some opportunities. So it's not like they traded for somebody or he's a rookie. It's what his third or fourth season with them, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love it. Yep. And then Trey McBride, Zach Ertz with a season-ending knee injury. Um, Trey McBride becomes a starting tight end in Arizona where they're not really throwing to Robbie Anderson. Uh, I mean, first of all, you know, you got to take everything with a grain of salt because you had Colt McCoy, not Kyler Murray at quarterback. But still got Hollywood Brown out for the moment. You've got... uh, Robbie Anderson is droppable in basically all formats, um, you know, except for like 32 team leagues or something, <laughs> but single copy leagues. Otherwise he's, he's droppable. They're not even looking at him. Um, AJ green gets in the end zone, but uh, you know, uh, 30 yards receiving, I believe maybe not even that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. just they're, they're, suddenly they're a little low on uh on weapons right at the moment rondale moore deandre hopkins and i you know they just cut Eno benjamin as well so um the running back room is hurting a little bit as well all of a sudden trey mcbride has a pretty clear path to being the third best target on a very pass heavy offense yeah so how are we going to prioritize these guys, Swags? Oh, man. That's so tough, man. So I feel like you're supposed to say Kadarius Tony is the number one waiver ad this week. That's what you're supposed to say. Really? <laughs> I think so, right? Like that's what everybody wants you to say. Yeah, yeah probably. And again, it's probably it based be, on that I mean, one play. Uh-huh. I, I don't think so. I mean, I always favor running backs, but in this case, I I think that top to bottom, the running backs are more valuable and more and useful than the Jaylen wide receivers. you think Jalen going to be the lead back? Yeah. In Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, like, no, like, Najee comes out of his bye week, has what you called his best week of the season, had a steel plate removed from his foot a little in, earlier in the season. Like, and, and I'm not getting on Najee, like to say he was last year, wasn't a little bit of a fluke maybe, but you don't think he mm-hmm. regains that role? Not this year. Hmm. No. Like, I mean, and then we've kind of talked have about to this. I wonder if like you move Jalen Warren into that number one area. I think for me, I would take Jalen Warren over, Kyron Williams and then I'm even like I think I would take Keontae Ingram over Kyron Williams yeah is that crazy I know we didn't mention him yet but I don't think that's crazy yeah I I, you know I think there's a I think Keontae Ingram actually all right so just real quick let's skip ahead to next week this week we've got two running backs Keontae Ingram and Chuba Hubbard both of those guys have a clear path to owning that 
the their respective backfields like by themselves mm-hmm. than anybody that were you know that are going to be heavily targeted in uh on waivers this week like McKinnon, Warren, Kyron Williams, like those are the guys that you're fighting over on waivers this week. Keontae, Keontae Ingram and Chuba Hubbard, though, those are the guys next week, this week, those guys likely clear waivers and they've got a much clearer path. Yeah. But like Kyron Williams needs, still needs Daryl Henderson out of the way. And there's nothing Man, particularly. Is Christian Watson the number one waiver ad? It, yeah, if he's available, I think he probably is. Super flex, like you said, Matt Ryan, but that's if he's available. But man, so yeah, and Hinnicky, like if you need a quarterback, Hinnicky is is also high priority. But I think the move to make. I hate talking to you i, I think the, <laughs> i think the move to make is character is stony i think he's the guy and then you trade him okay like man i don't know what you get though especially in redraft formats if other people didn't get Kadarius at that point but man people love that guy yeah <laughs> yeah i i'm i'm just gonna i'm gonna leave that one alone because uh i never thought we'd see the day where you've got Kadarius tony as the, the <laughs> number one priority. anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> number one anything besides bust <laughs> um so it sounds like jalen warren is your priority at running back probably uh, man Kadarius he- tony is a higher priority but um, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong about everybody, but I feel like Kadarius is the one that most people will want. And sometimes I like to have that player on my team because I like to make trades. Yeah. What about the tight ends? Do you uh, do you have a do you favor one over the other? I I'm gonna make the wrong choice and go with Trey McBride, but I think I Foster like Moreau is like the smarter decision here just because he's a little more acclimated to the offense the nfl and trey mcbride's a rookie that i think is going to be a little bit raw and i want to see hit man it's more fun to see the rookie hit but i think it's also more likely in this situation more less likely in this situation yeah yeah, I think so too. Foster Moreau has a nice matchup this week with Denver. Like they're they're Denver is ranked higher against tight ends than what they actually do. <laughs> like they struggle against tight ends every single week. But for some reason they're not giving up a whole lot of yardage, whole lot of touchdowns. Uh, and I'm I'm not totally sure why that is. Maybe it's just fewer uh, fewer uh, defensive snaps or something. I like. I really don't know, but because it, it, it's statistically the best defense in the league, but I, I I just watching them every week. I swear they cannot stop a tight end for anything. So I think Foster Moreau for a, if you're streaming tight ends, I think Foster Moreau is your guy. But yeah, for this, if you're looking for. You know, just to add somebody to your stable for the rest of the season, Trey McBride. Yeah, that sounds kind of fun. I, I don't, yeah. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, next week, this week, uh, let's see. Uh, I, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about quarterbacks last. Let's uh, let's finish this off. We already have Keontae Ingram and Chuba Hubbard. Those are our two running backs. Wide receivers, Jalen Virgil. Um, I mean, gets free for a long touchdown, 66-yard touchdown for the Broncos. But you lose Jerry Judy to an ankle injury. Um, questionable already. It's it's not like a long-term injury. He's just, he's questionable for the Raiders. Uh, it, uh, people are going to run to waivers to pick up K.J. Hamler, but I'm telling you, they love Jalen Virgil. And just kind of the exact same way that they worked in Tim Patrick I think they're going to start to do that with Jalen Virgil as well. And I mean, these guys that John's about to mention at the wide receiver position are guys that are probably on your dynasty waivers as well as your redraft waivers. Yeah, we're going, we're going pretty deep here. So um, Isaiah Hodgins for the giants um, claimed off of waivers from the bills and immediately just kind of just slotted in as the starter opposite Darius Slayton. Wandale Robinson is still kind of their, their you know, multi-purpose joker, if you will, type of player. It's still very run heavy. You're missing uh, Daniel Bellinger at tight end, but um, just the fact that Isaiah Hodgins got in there over guys like David Sills, Kenny uh, Kenny Galladay, you know, he's he the fact that he got more snaps, ran more routes and got just as many, if not more, targets than anybody else on the team, save for Darius Slayton. In in his first game, when typically you expect him to just kind of be out there, you know, learning the, the terminology, learning the playbook, and he's heavily targeted already. So um, Van Jefferson, the I think that the probably the big beneficiary of – the Cooper Cup injury is probably Ben. How the hell do you say his last name? Skorenek. Hmm, I don't Skorenek. know. Skorenek, something like that. Um, that's that's probably your guy, but I think that uh, there's there's so little upside to that dude. Like it's it's completely volume dependent. Where Van Jefferson is the speed guy who could get away. Um, and actually uh, get you some chunk yardage and maybe even some touchdowns. And then Quez Watkins, and this is primarily the uh, the injury to Dallas Goddard that looks like it's gonna he's gonna land on IR with that uh, shoulder injury. Um, just kind of uh, opens up some targets to the uh, the receiving game. Um, the tight end, I guess, would be Jack Stoll. I think is the is their new uh, top tight end, but um, I I just think that it gets funneled to the wide receivers and Quez Watkins um, stands to see the biggest uh, increase in targets. Uh, tight ends, Juwan, uh, you've got Juwan Johnson. We already talked about him. He's just been so consistent. You almost might have to put a waiver claim on him this week. Yeah. Um, well, one thing, and and to be fair, he had a bad matchup week ten, mm-hmm. but he's got a bad matchup week eleven and a bad matchup week twelve, and then for fantasy playoffs, it gets pretty juicy again. Yeah. Yep. And then the other one we've got is Trey McKitty. 
Uh, now we've got Gerald Everett injured, um, groin injury, I believe. Um, John wished it into existence. <laughs> My day has come. Uh, <laughs> Donald Parham already on IR. Now we've I, I got... like this Trey McKitty mention, though. This, yeah. I, and I know it's more than a mention, but yeah, I like this. Yeah, I mean, he becomes a starting tight end for the, for the Chargers. Um, and we've talked, we've been talking about Gerald Everett for the uh, for the schedule coming up. Uh, well, Trey McKitty gets the exact same schedule, and now he doesn't have, you know, he he doesn't have Donald Parham or Gerald Everett in the way. Doesn't really have Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. Allen, in the way yeah. <laughs> Man, so, Herbert is running out of weapons. Yeah, seriously, Trey McKitty uh, should be the. It should be the one to uh, rise to the top there. Um, tell us about quarterbacks, what you're doing this week um, to prepare for next week and beyond. Yeah, man. I mean, like like John said, top of the show, week 11. So, And this is a huge dynasty thing. I think it's time you start looking at some of your rosters and cleaning them up a little bit before you go into the offseason. Really, less people are around in the offseason. Values change so much. People have no interest in your backup quarterbacks, which is where I'm really <laughs> going with this. Like right now, I think is a good time if you're a contender to kind of go out and get some of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL, maybe even some insurance policy to the running quarterbacks because they're just more susceptible to injury. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts um, down the line, you know, any of the quarterbacks that count on their wheels a lot are just more susceptible to injury. Maybe you get their backups, look around and see who's available on waivers. If you have an extra spot, add Gardner Minshew, Case Keenum, those type players to your teams for free. Then, and the flip side of that, unless it's Gardner Minshew, (laughs) and if you're out of contention, I think that you, you try to generate some movement in your leagues and you do try to move these players to the contenders who who may need them whether it's their backup or maybe they're just going to be in a different situation i think you try to move them to the contenders now just for cheap like before you reap the reward of what you're you're holding you're holding right now to what may never happen because there's the flip side that maybe josh allen doesn't get hurt maybe case keenum is worthless the rest of the year maybe you know what i mean so there's that flip side too I don't think, like, hypothetically, if Josh Allen were to get hurt, Case Keenum's value really doesn't change that much, and your market actually shrinks every week as teams fall further and further out of contention, and you have less of a market to move those pieces to. Same with if you're the contender moving to the losers and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. As they make those moves, there's going to be less teams with picks to move them to you to get them out. This is just not the best time to get ahead of the curve and start cleaning up your rosters while nobody else is doing it. Think of it as a cleaning process, not a winning process. And and don't worry about the points. Like This is a cleaning process, things you cannot do in the offseason because nobody will be interested. Is that too much? No. No, I like that. <clears throat> so Tyler Huntley is, is a big one. There you um, go, yeah. Uh, let's see, you, you mentioned Case Keenum and Gardner Minshew trying to think of some other names. Like I'm kind of curious about Kyle Trask. Yeah, that's a good one too. He, the thing about Kyle Trask is like, he's always inactive. 
Yeah. I wish he would be just active for a game just in case, but I think Kyle Trask is a good one to even like look f- to add for next year if you're out of contention or if you have Brady and you're in contention, get some insurance policies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see, Jordan Love, I suppose. Um it's it's hard to Who imagine. Is, uh, who's Stafford's backup for what it's worth if you want those <laughs> six to eight points a week after Stafford gets hurt? Yeah, John Wolford. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh I also man, there's some there's some good backups around the league who I, I Gardner Minshew is my favorite example of this, but you know, um just somebody who he's he's not behind someone who he's likely to to jump past but um he's he's the type of guy that you know a team looking for a new starting quarterback even if it's just a bridge yeah would come looking he's for him maybe one of the best backups in the league like if Jalen Hurts were to unfortunately get hurt and they move right to Gardner th- for the season, even then, like he's maybe one of the best backups in the NFL right now. Yeah. Um, Mike White, still one of my all time favorites. Oh, so. oh. <laughs> <laughs> somehow he beat out Joe Flacco without doing anything. So like they, they, uh, they changed their, uh, their depth chart to show Mike White is a quarterback too. to, um, behind Zach Wilson, yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, but not yeah, saying, maybe some of those guys, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, like I'm not maybe saying Flacco. that Mike White's going to become a starting quarterback somewhere. I'm just saying that it sure seems like he's the type of backup that somebody might actually give a starting job. Let to. me ask you this: If totally changing teams, but I'm curious if unfortunate situation happens and Matt Ryan gets hurt and he's out for the season. Do you see Ellinger again, or do you see Nick Foles? Cause Ellinger didn't seem like a very smart play to me. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. I think you probably see Foles. Uh, if it happened again, if, if for whatever reason you've got to go away from Matt Ryan, which, and I think at this point it would have to be an injury. Yep. Yeah. I see. I think you see Foles Saturday is, is coaching for his job at this point he's trying to 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 prove that he belongs as a head coach yep and it it's one of those rare occasions where uh you know it it seems beneficial to uh to tank the rest of the season but they're just they're not going to do it they're going to win games even when it doesn't benefit them to win the games (laughs) just because just to just to prove uh the Jeff Saturday belongs as a head coach. So, yep. Yeah. There it's not about scouting anymore. Like it was with Sam Ellinger. It's about winning games now. And Nick Foles does that. Jeff Saturday has a long interview process going right now is pretty much what it is. (laughs) Like, he's like, let me show you every week what I'm going to try to do for you. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Man, that's a pretty good list of quarterbacks to start loading up on for uh for Dynasty Some of them might Rebels. be on waivers. I would start there. Yeah, I think you're right. Um all right, players you can drop. I've got Chase Claypool and I've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Clyde Edwards-Alaire we ju- we already talked about. 
Isaiah Pacheco is the early downs guy. And here's the thing, like you're going to be able to to see see this coming a little bit with the Chiefs. You can kind of guess at the game script and you're going to know which running back is going to be the most useful. If it's a game where it looks like where they should be able to uh to kind of run away with it, Isaiah Pacheco is going to get a ton of work. If it's going to be a close game, um, you know, pretty uh um, pass heavy game script than Jarek McKinnon's your guy. Either way, Clyde Ed- Edwards Alaire is completely obsolete for that offense. He got on a field four times, didn't touch the ball once. There's there's absolutely nothing left for Clyde Edwards Alaire at this point. They finally they finally found their uh the way for them to move on. Um and then Chase Claypool, it's really just it, 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 it's kind of the same thing, lack of usage in Chicago. Couple that with the fact that this schedule gets really tough for wide receivers going forward. But, you know, Justin Fields is primarily getting it done with his feet, um, targeting Cole Komet, taking some shots down the field to Darnell Mooney, and that's kind of it. That's basically what the offense is, and there's just kind of not any room for Chase Claypool. So they didn't even get him on the field. Yeah. Yeah, I like both your drops. I want to know what you think about my first one, and that's Chase Edmonds. Is it too soon? Because I'm comfortable making this drop. Yeah. And I don't think it you're going to get anything super sexy out of Latavius or Melvin Gordon, but I think they're both in front of him. Uh I mean, I think uh, I I think the most likely scenario is it's a pretty even split <laughs> between those three guys, which makes it even worse. Yeah, like, it kind of makes them all. Plus, it's a tough schedule for running backs the rest of the way. So, yeah, uh, I it might be a little too soon, but I'll definitely acknowledge that Chase Edmonds and I'll throw in Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray. I think they're at the end of your bench. I John, think I'm hopping your in your first. DMs, and this is my question for you. Okay. Jalen Warren or Chase Edmonds? Jalen Warren, pretty easily. I was listening yeah. to your show that you put out with Swags recently. I'm curious if you would drop him for Kyron Williams as well. Uh, yep. Yes, so all basically all of our waivers priorities you would drop him for? Yeah. 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 See, I'm with See, you. So that, that's the thing. Like, I think it's too soon to just like cut him for just to have roster space. But I think that he's your he's among your first cuts if you're actually, you know, gonna replace him with somebody that that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. I would do it for Keontae Ingram or Chuba Hubbard, honestly. Sure. Yeah, same, same. And then my other one was Naheem Hines, who's 68% rostered in Yahoo. Yeah. And I just think that's too much. I'd like to see that dip. Mind you, waivers haven't cleared yet if you're listening to this after they have. But at the time of recording, waivers haven't cleared. So maybe that that probably does drop a little bit. But it doesn't seem like he's going to do anything in Buffalo fantasy relevant without an injury to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Where we just said Chase Edmonds is at the end of your bench. He's your first cut. Naheem Hines is a guy you could cut just to have an empty bench spot. <laughs> like, yep. and, and, you know, use it whenever you need it. Like, there's more, at this point, there's more value in that. 
Um, yeah. I'm going to let you start with the fades since uh, we talked about both of these guys as uh, Ross as uh, waiver priorities. Yeah, man, I'm fading Kadarius Tony, and the Juju concussion is a concern. But Juju's why I'm fading Kadarius Tony because I think when Juju's back. And when I say fade, and I think John too, I mean, I'm kind of like trying to trade these players. They're not on our drop list. I understand the value they hold, but I'm fading him. I'm trying to move on to somebody else. I think when Juju's back, I think he's back to his eight targets. I think it's like 67% of the games that Juju's played this year with Mahomes. He has eight targets or more all the way up to 12 targets. I think that continues with Juju when he's back from concussion. I hope it's not very long. I just made the trade we talked about last week for Juju. And uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that Kadarius Tony is the third to fourth option with a healthy team. And that's Kelsey and then Juju. And then he's going to be McColl and Kadarius. I think will be similar. Yep. Which is relevant. I mean, he's he's going to be relevant. Yeah. But. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you can definitely fade the target share that he got. And I don't even remember exactly what the target share was. He had I five. Been... I don't know the sh- like the percentage or anything, but he had five targets. Yeah. And a lot of that was with Juju Smith-Schuster already out of the game. So, yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, fade what just happened, but go ahead and prioritize him on waivers based on, you know, what could happen going forward. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I think he's which, closer to a low end wide receiver two and high end wide receiver three than what he just showed you. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, fade what just happened. But, uh, you know, buy into what could happen going forward. Like We both have Christian Watson as a fade. I had to, John. I saw you <laughs> had him on here, but he was already in my head. And I was just like, man, I don't even really want to like this. I, I, I had to. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, and it's it's such a fade that I, I mean, four catches, three of them are for touchdowns. Yep. This is, and that's in a game when you have Romeo Dubs is out. Uh, you've got uh, Alan Lazard faced uh, facing Trayvon Diggs most of the game, like, and still, you know, still scratched out a, a decent workload, um, out targeted and out caught uh, Christian Watson, I believe. But you know, so it, it it's this. It was a, also a very positive game script for the for the passing game when we know that they would prefer to run in green Bay, like they're just, it it was just kind of the perfect storm for Christian Watson. Now he could stay, he could definitely stay involved to a point where you still want to prioritize him on waivers. You know, I think that this probably opens some eyes to where they start to scheme him a little bit more. Yeah. They use him a Mm -hmm. little bit more. And he was two for two the week before. Yeah. And then, Eight targets this week, only caught four. Christian Watson didn't look horrible. Yeah. So to your point, like he, he's probably still going to be schemed in now. Yeah. Yeah. He adds a dimension to that 
to that offense. It's just you're not going to get the game script, you're not going to get the matchup, and you're not always going to have Romeo Dubs on the sideline. So, you know, uh, three three touchdowns is – I don't know if that will ever happen again for Christian Watson. Yeah. So, yeah, fade, fade what just happened, but you can still prioritize him. Um, kind of the same thing with Nick Westbrook-Akine, although I would say I don't even know that I would prioritize him. Just two, two long touchdowns, um, and his first two touchdowns of the season, by the way. So uh, that's like that's kind of the epitome of of the stuff that we typically fade. Um, A lot of people are going to run to waivers and pick up Nick Westbrook, Akine uh, after that performance, just because now it's within his range of outcomes to score two touchdowns. And I'm just telling you, it's not just (laughs) keep chase Edmonds. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) Uh, We've really kind of talked about both your buys, but I guess, but you could uh, glaze over them a little bit here. Yeah, so, man, so do you remember when we had you on Rookie Fever, Finero and I, and we talked, I, I talked about, I don't want to put this on you, but potentially selling DeAndre Swift just because of how people were valuing him in that moment? Yeah. <laughs> and now I think it's kind of like it's turned just because of the, him being injured in his third season and the way the opportunities and the shares have been in the backfield that I think that it's – kind of shifted too quickly that's part of the problem with dynasty so i think you can take advantage of this window i mean you're still going to be paying for deandre swift but i think you can get him a little easier today than you could weeks ago when we were having that conversation yep and then juju is my other buy and i think that because of the concussion and because of what Kadarius just did with his five targets that it's a good opportunity to go add Juju to some teams that you might need a wide receiver on. The one concern is we want Juju back next year. He's already supposedly started talking to the Chiefs about that, but this one-year deal does concern me because it seems like this fits him well, and I want to see Juju with the Chiefs, but I'm buying Juju. Yeah, and redraft too with both of those guys. Um, Yeah, dynasty and redraft. I think those guys are buys. Uh, I think these guys are as well. First of all, can I say your first one? Yeah. Donovan Peoples Jones and John was tipping you guys off on this weeks ago. I mentioned top of the show. Some of these guys names keep popping up, but so does there's a reason Donovan Peoples Jones keeps popping up. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. He's, He's just getting just elite level. Like this is like, this is basically Deontay Johnson is what we're getting right now with Donovan Peoples Jones. You're getting high target share. You're getting like consistent target share. He's on the field nonstop. Like the guy doesn't doesn't come off the field to rest. Uh he's catching five to, five balls a game minimum. Uh he's over 50 yards every single week. The only thing that's missing is touchdowns. And that is the thing that we want to chase. That's keeping his price down. That's making him highly uh, acquirable. Um, But that's also like that's the kind of the perfect scenario for us in fantasy football is when we get a wide receiver who's catching tons of passes, 
piling up tons of yards, but not scoring touchdowns because that's going to come. And when it comes, like it's just going to add to what he's already doing. And all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, 17 points a week, like kind of is his floor. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we're headed for with Donovan Peoples Jones. And it could, it could come as early as week uh, 13, I guess, when Deshaun Watson returns. But uh, I mean, it, it, it could happen earlier with Jacoby Brissett. It's just, a little hard to uh, to imagine a whole lot of touchdown upside <laughs> right now with mm-hmm. the makeup of that offense. But, I mean, you're still getting such a nice, safe floor with Donovan Peoples-Jones without any touchdowns. Plus, it's a, it's a great schedule the rest of the season for the Browns. He's Um, a good one to buy, too, even if you're not trying to really win. Because, like John said, it's only going to get better for him. He's still really young. Yep. Yep. Um, Travis Etienne is the other one. And and it's really just kind of, uh, I mean, his worst game of the season. um, uh, You know, a a pretty uh, pass-heavy game script. I, I I don't know. This is this is this is a lot tougher one. Um, this is probably more redraft because it's it is one of those things where, you know, you can say that there's a buy window for a player because he just had a bad game, but nobody's actually doing that. Certainly not in Dynasty. It's similar to Swift, like I mentioned. Like you still have to pay up if you want these guys. It maybe is a little easier if that owner is kind of concerned about the performance, but you're still paying up for these players. It's just the ease of buy versus a buy low. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I would, I would, I would throw out some, uh, some offers for Travis Etienne and I would be willing to pay up to get him. If you can get any kind of a discount, I think you do it, but I think you're going to get Deandre Swift a lot cheaper. So come to think of it, that's the priority. Uh, try and I'd trade rather for have Swift. Swift. Sorry to say, I, I, really? I would. Oh yeah, yeah. In the long it's... run, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I think he's the better talent. I think he's the better running back. Yeah, I do. I think he was the better prospect coming in. I think that he's been banged up. Look at how Swift started the season and how in love everybody was in that moment. Right, and, and it went downhill. But, yeah, I think we'll see some better days from Swift, and we'll see some ups and downs for ETN, too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Etienne might actually be one of those guys on my radar for next year, too. But um, I think he'll be around next year, yeah. 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 Either way. I'm eating some crow on ETN, but still, like, yeah, I still do prefer Swift. Yeah. He's certainly cheaper, and that's the most compelling thing to me. Like, I have a hard time deciding between the two as far as talent, opportunity, things like that, especially if you ask me rest of season. That's, it would be a tough call, but the tiebreaker is Swift is going to be significantly cheaper. Yeah, I would agree with that. Players you can sell. Justin Fields you can sell. Uh, you're going to get a massive return. Not many people are going to have the balls to do this, though. <laughs> to trade away Justin Fields after he's been the quarterback one overall 
in back-to-back weeks. He's been over 40 fantasy points in back-to-back weeks. Like he's he's rushing for over a hundred yards. He's rushing for touchdowns. He's throwing, uh, throwing multiple touchdowns. Like it, so there's. Why just, would I want to sell a player that's doing everything you just said? Uh, first of all, the the uh, the schedule gets much tougher. Um, second, I mean, this isn't. It's very unlikely that this is sustainable. In fact, I, I, I think that we can go out on a limb here and say he's not going to score 40 fantasy points every single week. I think he's going to settle in somewhere around 20, 25. You can get that from a lot of different players. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now you can acquire just about any of them plus something for Justin Fields. Yeah, like That's how crazy this is. You might be able to get Pat Mahomes plus for Justin Fields. Particularly wow, in a so? redraft, you think that happened? I wouldn't be surprised. Justin Fields is just the he's he's the diamond on top of the hill at the moment. So, like, it, but that's the type of thing that I would expect to be able to do. And it doesn't have to be Pat Mahomes. It doesn't have to be Josh Allen. You know, you can like go after it like, to a. Um, uh, trying to think of some other, some what other would guys. You that would... would you would you put anything on top of Justin Fields to get Tua? Um, no, no. I I would think that you get Tua plus Tua in a second. I I think you probably get a first. Wow, like in, I wonder in Dynasty, if this is accurate. I, yeah, I want, I'm going to mess around with this. I've got a couple Justin Fields shares. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do it just because I'm curious. I mean, obviously, it'll have to be things that I'll be happy with if they get accepted. But I'll mess around with some of this a little bit after the show. Absolutely, yeah. Sounds fun. yeah. We always we talk about the you know the horrible, disgusting, evil echo chamber. That's sometimes what it can create, though, yeah. is a, the sell opportunity on a player mm-hmm. like Justin Fields. I'm not in a huge hurry to sell him. I'm perfectly happy hanging on to him, especially in Superflex. It's dependent but on your I, return. I think you can get a, a, a pretty big return. Dak Prescott plus pretty easily. Justin Herbert plus, you could get that for Justin Fields right now. Hmm. Um, and then the other one is Brandon Cooks in the middle of a dis, uh, of a of an ugly breakup with the Houston <laughs> Texans midseason here. Uh, they didn't trade him even though he wanted to be traded. He's pissed about that. He's pissed about his workload. They stripped him of his captain's uh, captain status. Um, he's been underused. He's been uh, he's been passed by over by uh, Nico Collins at this point. Uh, It's just, I mean, this is just going to be, it's just going to be an ugly scene the rest of the season. And right now I think you have a chance to get away from Brandon Cooks just on name value. Yeah. And that's a tough one too. Because you have to wonder what he's going to do for you the rest of the season if you're buying. But... Yeah, yeah, I think that if you can get out, you do. Yep. My sell, I'm going to say the one that I think you'll agree with me first. 
I want to sell Derek Carr in Superflex Dynasty Leagues and yeah. even in Redraft if I can. I know that you don't feel like you've been presented with the best opportunity or it's the best timing, but I have concerns about Derek Carr. I have concern about the Raiders' record and what the Raiders choose to do at the position versus what Derek Carr wants to do with his life because he has already let us know that if he is not the starting quarterback for that team, he will retire. Really? And I, I missed that. Yeah. That, and that was that this is old. Like this isn't fresh in the news. You could probably still find it. I'll find it for you. But he, he has said that if he is not with that team, he wants to retire. That concerns go, me to great end because go the buy team... your RV and a new set of golf clubs. Then. <laughs> John's like, goodbye. <laughs> You're on vacation Good with Gardner Minshew this summer. <laughs> but that concerns me, man, because he's an asset that even though he's doing poorly, you've invested in. And I think you want to try to move on from him. I think yep. that you might even be able to play it to your advantage that he got emotional after the game. And now our people are like, Oh, he's a winner. He wants to win, but he's somebody that I want to get off of my dynasty rosters before we go into this off season. I don't want that yeah. wasted equity. Who knows what's going to happen? And I know that that sounds weird, a weird way to play the game, but if if he's if that's true and he sticks to his guns and he's just all of a sudden gone, it's like oh wow. Um, it's not like <laughs> losing Andrew Luck, but I it's hard to lose starting quarterbacks in Superflex. Yeah, that's definitely true, and I I think you can still sell him as he's a guy throwing to Devonte Adams, yep. even though Devonte Adams just came out and just absolutely roasted him. Like that, that, that college connection that we were so excited about going into, into the season, the Royal week, cause I didn't give a shit, um, <laughs> but, but that, that college connection that they had, man, that didn't last very long, did it? And then, but you can also sell the fact that he's been without Darren Waller. He's been without Hunter Renfro. Like this is far from the finished product of what this offense should typically look like. Yeah, you can sell them right now on that. What you know, reading between the lines, though, they're right now they're paying three different head coaches. They're still paying John Gruden, and they're still paying uh, was it Cable? Man, that's <laughs> but, crazy. Like, and and then of course Josh McDaniels, and I, they're probably going to move on from from McDaniels. But it's just like, how many head coaches do you have to go through? before you start to say, you know what, maybe it's not a head coach problem. Like there were different, there were other reasons to get rid of John Gruden. It wasn't just performance. Um, but you know, and there were, there were reasons to give McDaniels a shot, but yeah. you've been through so many different head coaches with this guy. You've been through so many different systems. You've given him so many different weapons and gotten the same result every single time. At what point do you just say, all right, the, you know, where we really need some turnover is a quarterback. Like, stick with the head coach and, and fire Josh McDaniels. I'm fine with that because that guy's terrible too. But, like, and whoever you hire, give them a different quarterback. <laughs> yes, you're going to be paying two quarterbacks, but it's better <laughs> than you're also going to be paying four head coaches. So, uh, you know whatever like sometimes you just do what you got to do to right the ship yeah 
And then my other sell is Rondale Moore. I want to get rid of Rondale Moore before Hollywood Brown comes back. I, I think that Hollywood will take away a little bit of this flair. Rondale Moore has proved to me that he belongs in this league. Okay. But I don't imagine him continuing to get eight targets. I think that Hollywood is a better wide receiver than Rondale Moore. You still have Nuck there. And I expect the targets to be closer to five to six. That You might even still get the same fantasy points with them, though, because he'll be a little bit more open to that point. But Softer I think that Kendrick. I want to sell Rondale Moore before Hollywood comes back. I want to move on. Get yeah. Jahan Dotson plus. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good one too. And I think you can also spin that one a little bit. Just the fact that I they just cut e- Eno Benjamin. They apparently feel just fine with what they have at running back. Uh but we know what James Conner is at this point. Mm-hmm. So we we just we just hit a bunch of players that I really dislike. James Conner, Derek Carr, like those those guys are on my my Will Fuller list. <laughs> oh, I love it. The Will Fuller Award. Yeah. Can't stand them. <laughs> and I refuse to roster any of them. Um yeah, but so there's there's kind of an opportunity for Rondell Moore in the running game as well. But yeah, what is it what is it amount to as far as a floor? Uh, I don't know. Mhm. About that, and we know the ceiling is going to be capped if you've got Hopkins and and uh, Hollywood on the outside. Yeah. Like how? What's and Kyler left? Murray can't support all of that. <laughs> yeah, as much as we want him to. Yep. Very true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Normally, I would say that the uh, Rondell Moore thing is just gratuitous, just sour grapes. On your <laughs> but uh no i i i dude i i try one. so hard to not have sour grapes and like <laughs> to kind of move on and be like okay you know like yeah but man yeah i, I don't know i i mean even the best quarterbacks in the league once you get to their third wide receiver it's it's fluky right yeah yeah, very true. Unless and I don't they're think throwing Kyler Murray's like touchdowns. one of those passers. Yeah. Yep. I agree. All right. I think we got them all. Um we didn't talk a whole lot about Keontae Ingram um and Eno Benjamin, but yeah, that's Eno Did, Benjamin was, got was um was Swarkley your rant? No. Uh, it was actually about draft picks, <laughs> but oh. we might, we might save this for next week. So what I, what we'll actually do is tease this just a little bit. So we're kind of to a point in the season here where you can start to project draft picks. I not just start like we're, we're getting more and more accurate as the season progresses at being able to project some draft picks. Let's uh let's let's not get caught up in the round of the pick. Let's focus more on where the tier breaks are gonna be. There's your teaser. 
We'll talk more about that next week. There's a ton of strategy behind that one. Some we don't that's have all, time. That's for. all you get to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that really kind of does bottom line it, but we're still yeah. gonna mansplain it next week. <laughs> so, I like it. Yeah, but for now, you've got all the information you need. You've got your standard operating procedures. All that's left is for you to go and execute.